We're going to invite Hannah, who's going to come and continue our Holy Spirit preaching series. Why don't we give her a warm clap of encouragement? (laughs) Hannah, I would love to pray for you. Let's just pray for you. Thank you, Father. Um, Thank you, Lord, for Hannah. She's such a blessing to this family, to us. Thank you, Lord, for... Uh, the gift cheers to us. And Lord, we just pray, would you uh, give us receptive hearts as we listen? Lord, would you uh, use her to speak your words into our hearts? Father, we want to come with humility. Um, and Lord Jesus, I pray that your, your word would go to work in our hearts. We love you and honour you and welcome uh, Hannah among us. We receive what she's got to say to us. And Lord, would you bless her as she speaks in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Phil. Hi, everyone. So good to be with you this morning. I'm Hannah, as Phil said. I'm married to Paul. I've got Chloe and Martha, my two girls, and I've been part of this church family, which I love for about 10, 11 years now. And it is, it's an honour to, to be asked to preach on such a wonderful topic. Um, we are going through a series, a little series at the moment about the Holy Spirit. Um, so I'm just going to recap on what we've been looking at so far. And then we're going to dive into God's word this morning and we're going to go back to the very beginning. Uh, And we've already spoken about uh, God creator. So that's what we're going to be looking at. So, so far, um, yeah, Phil has been sharing about who the Holy Spirit is, God with us, and his spirit comes and lives within us. We've been learning that the Holy Spirit was a promise from God. um, uh, he's the one that the people in the Old Testament, they longed for. Um, they knew that he was a promise that was going to be poured out um, on all people. And then Jesus comes and then he says to his friends, it's better that I go. And then he sends his Holy Spirit to be with us, God with us, living in us. I think when Bola shared this morning, she's like, you know, talking about love. Other people see love. And she said, you said something like... Um, that, that love comes from God changing us. And that's what we're going to look at today, how God recreates us. Um, we are also seeing what amazing privilege this is to be a people of God um, that he wants to come and fill. And we can expect that um, when God says he's going to send his Holy Spirit, we can expect that our lives are going to be changed by that. So I'm going to pray. I'd love all of you to pray with me. Um, let's get our hearts and our minds in a place where we want to hear from God and we want to be changed and we want to be hungry for him, yeah? So Lord, I submit to you. I yield to your Holy Spirit. And I pray for each and every one of us, Lord, that you will come and touch us, that you'll do works in our heart today, that we go out changed today, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, and we get to know you more. Amen. Amen, amen. Right. Yeah, as I say, we are looking at how the Holy Spirit is a spirit of creation and recreation. And this is such gorgeous, gorgeous text. I can't wait to read Genesis. So I I know Genesis. Many of us have read it many times. But what I'm praying is that the Holy Spirit will speak to us afresh and just show us how glorious God is as creator. I forgot to time myself. I don't want to go over. I want to bless you all. Right, so the words are going to come up on the screen. We're going to go Genesis 1, and we're going to look at the creation, spirit of creation. We're going to look at how the Holy Spirit changes us and recreates us, and we're going to look at what the evidence is for that. And I'm reading mainly from the ESV today. So Genesis 1, the creation of the world. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. 
and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse, and it was so. And God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit, trees bearing fruit, in which there's seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. And earth brought forth vegetation, <clears throat> plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which there's seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse to the heavens to give light on the earth to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. Then it goes on. God makes the living creatures according to their kind and blesses them, saying, be fruitful and multiply. And God saw that it was good. On to verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish in the sea and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God made man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said, Be fruitful, and multiply, and fill, this, fill the earth, and subdue it. And on to verse 31, God saw that everything he made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Praise you, God. Such beautiful scripture telling us about who God is. So what does creation tell us about God? Well, if you look at the whole thing, it shows us that God is a master creator. And the Hebrew word for create in the Old Testament, um, God is the subject when that word is used. It shows us that he does impossible things. Um, he speaks and out of nothing, something's created. I was listening to one of my favourite songs. It's um, Hill's song, worship song called So Will I. And there's this bit that goes, And as you speak, a hundred billion galaxies are born. In the vapour of your breath, the planets form. If the stars were made to worship, so will I. Gorgeous. Isn't that gorgeous? I love that because it just makes me look up and I think, um, yeah, he's spoken, just these galaxies were formed. Uh, I love that song. Um, and at the very start, we see the Spirit of God is there. 
the Holy Spirit is hovering over the deep. Um, there's an anticipation. You can kind of feel it. There's something's going to happen. And what happens? Speaks and life happens. The Holy Spirit is all about bringing forth life. He is sovereign. So we can see that God brings order and rule to all creation. We read it and he, he does this and it was so and it was good. And he does this, he separates this and it was so and it was good. There's a pattern isn't there. There's a sort of a pattern showing us that he brings order. He separates the night from the day, the land and the water. He creates an abundance of creatures and he blesses them. So he blesses what he makes. Humankind is created, that's the verb, like life is breathed into the nostrils of Adam um, and we're given this mandate, we're given a mandate to subdue and have dominion over the things that God has created. Overall it just shows us that God is incredibly good, he is so good, he sees and he says, he sees he's done it and he says it's good and he says it's very good at the end so I think God is really pleased with creation. It also shows us that God is incredibly safe. He creates an order out of a chaos. He is trustworthy. Um, he makes things good and he's in the detail of life. So when we read this scripture, we can see all these wonderful truths about who God is and see how the spirit of creation is working. So Genesis 1 speaks of such goodness in God but there's a fundamental problem if you don't really believe that God is good. And, and I was in a place where I didn't believe that God was good when it came to the Holy Spirit. So I gave my life to Jesus when I was about 26 years old and um, I was filled with the Holy Spirit, but I didn't, I didn't know the Holy Spirit and I was actually really fearful of the Holy Spirit. Um, I would go into meetings and the Holy Spirit would come. I, knew, I could sense that the presence of God was there, but... I did not want to be there. It, it scared me. I didn't want to be there. So, so why was that? Why was I scared? Was usually always a reason that something happens. So when I, was a, when I was a child growing up in a household where there were some demonic influences, spiritual influences over my life that weren't godly. Um, and, and I think that atmosphere created in me a, a huge fear of if you think supernatural, my brain would go to fear and I didn't want to have anything to do with it because it scared me and I didn't trust it. I just wanted to share this this morning because I just wonder if there's a couple of people here that might resonate with that, sort of having a bit of a fear of this, the spirit of God. And I think that really came out for me of a lack of control. Like I could really hold on to the person of Jesus. I could recognise the Father heart of God. But what, what was this Holy Spirit thing? I, I, knew, I knew that there was a spiritual presence, but I didn't understand it. And looking at Genesis 1 is so helpful for us because it anchors us and plants us in a place where we know that God grows and he creates, he's trustworthy. That's why we've gone over that, because it puts our hearts in that place, our hearts and minds. And for me, it was a journey, you know, like actually realising that the fear I had God didn't want me to have it. He, the Holy Spirit is supposed to be my friend and my comforter and um, my companion, the one that helps me. He's the helper. Jesus says, I'm going to give you the helper. But in my head, it just did not compute. So I got to a place where I just, I think I realised the Holy Spirit was showing me, no, this fear is irrational. It's not, you don't know me. 
And I was in a, um, I was in a meeting. Um, I was going to do a course TSM, um, which was all about, um, yeah, living a supernaturally changed life. And I was in, in a meeting, and I, the, the Spirit of God broke out. And, and inside, I, I just knew the fear was rising. And I thought, no, I've just got to confront this. Um, God is good. He's creator. He's there at the very start. So why am I not believing this? And my, my friend Anne was there in the meeting and I knew she was a safe place to go to. So I went and I found her and we prayed about it. And from that moment when I surrendered and I said, I do want to know you, Holy Spirit, that's when I got to understand what it really meant about this Genesis, Genesis 1 creator spirit. He is, he is totally trustworthy. He's not someone we need to fear. He's incredibly kind and he wants to come and fill us because he wants to be with us. He's so good. I love the Holy Spirit. He's changed my life. So yeah, I think as well, you know, he empowers us to do it. I couldn't do that in my own strength, but God empowers us to do that and the Holy Spirit living in us does. So let's now move into Galatians 5. So if you've got your Bible with you, Fast forward into the New Testament, Galatians 5, and Paul is writing to the Galatian church and he's talking all about this walking with the Spirit thing, what, what it is, what it looks like. He's trying to help the church. Now, this is, Galatians is one of the letters he writes quite sternly. For his stern, most sternest writing, he is, he is giving to the early church because they've got problems. Um, they, yeah, there's false teaching in the church. They're being led astray back to the law in the Old Testament and works, of, um, to, works to earn favour with God, not living in that kind of, um, yeah, just grace that we're justified. There's division. And Paul just wants to bring them back to the simple gospel message of Christ. There's, there's justification by faith alone. Paul shows them a way and he talks about being in step with the Spirit making choices based on the Spirit's guidance and letting him change us from the inside out to look more like Christ. So if we go to Galatians 5, 16 to 17, let's, let's read what Paul is, is helping them with. But I say walk by the Spirit. Um, the verb to that is, is to yield to. So yield to the Spirit, cease, cease resisting the Spirit like I was doing, yeah? And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing nothing, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. And if you, if you fast forward to verse 25, it says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And that's a different verb. It's walking in line behind a leader. So we're being told to yield and, and um, cease resistance. And then we're talking, to, talking about following a leader. It's a bit like a pacemaker in a running race. Like they're just ahead, aren't they? Setting the pace. And that's what, that's what we need to think about when we're walking with the Spirit. So he's just showing them this is, what it, this is what a life filled with the Holy Spirit is like. What do we notice in this scripture? It says, Paul is saying that we need to yield to the flesh. Um, if, we, if we do this, we, we won't look to fulfill ourselves by um, the things of life. There's loads of opposites as well, isn't there? There's fleshly desire, there's... Um, Sin and deathly things opposed to the Holy Spirit's desire, which is goodness and life. So there's a lot of contrast going in this. Um, 
The Spirit sets us free from fleshly things that do us no good, and we're free from the law of sin and death. So again, that's like um, works to earn favour with God to kind of get yourself into heaven. Um, It's not a grace gospel. And the spirit of creation is life, um, so it's contrary to the flesh, fleshly things. So how, how do we walk by the spirit? Well, like I said, we can't do this alone. Like Bola was saying, can't manufacture a love. We can have a love, but when the Holy Spirit's in it, then it's completely different. So we can't do this alone and in our own strength. God, the Holy Spirit, is is our helper. And you know, he absolutely delights to help us. We don't have to like you know, twist his arm. God wants to help us and he wants to fill us. And, you know, for me, Romans 8 just speaks so much of having a mindset on the spirit is life and peace. He helps us to focus on the spirit. Is your mindset on the spirit? The mindset on the spirit is life and peace. It's so gorgeous. Also, you know, we, to, to, do, to do this, we need to be filled regularly. So Ephesians 5 talks all about filling, being filled again, being filled regularly. The verb means to do it regularly. So fill me afresh, Holy Spirit. And and this is all to empower us to live a changed life. I love it in Romans 8. It says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who dwells in you. Gosh, What a privilege that is to have the spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead living in us. What can we expect with that kind of spirit? How how can anything else raise us into life? It's beautiful. It's stunning. It's a privilege. It's a joy. and, And it's God's joy to do this for us. In Galatians 5, 7, as I was reading through, there was one bit that I felt God really impressed on my heart to share with you this morning. It says in 5, 7, you were running well. Who hindered you from obeying that truth? I just think God wants to speak to some of us this morning. There might be one or two of us that we think back and we're like, gosh, you know, everything Hannah's saying, I was there. I was running like that with the Holy Spirit. I was filled. I was on fire for God. What, what happened? Um, what hindered us from that? Um, Paul is talking about false teaching. It could have been that in your life that's hindered you. Um, but there's something that's getting in the way um, of the race. How did that happen for you? God just wants to talk to you while I'm speaking. He wants to meet with you. And if you, if you don't know what it is, just go to him. Go to the Holy Spirit and just have that conversation with him. Thank you, Lord. And there's a spirit of life. When he wants to do a work in us, it's always good. Always good. He wants to bring freedom. He wants to bring life. And when we walk in the spirit, with the spirit of God, we notice a change. Gordon Fee, in his, his book, Paul the Spirit and the People of God, um, it says this amazing quote I want to share with you. Uh, the essential nature of the fruit is the reproduction of the life of Christ in the believer. So we're going to look at the fruit of the Spirit, because this is what this Spirit-empowered life, this is the evidence of it. He says, the essential nature of the fruit is the reproduction of the life of Christ in the believer. We feel it. We're changed internally, 
And like Bola was saying, going back to that, it's such a great example though, isn't it? We, we feel it internally and, and he changes us and it shows externally. Like, so good. We see the fruit of the Spirit in each other. We would have noticed over the years, I don't know how long you've been a Christian, but you would have noticed the fruit of the Spirit in other people, God working in other people, you being so blessed by the, the people being changed by God. And again, it's more creation language, isn't it? You can see it again, this Genesis 1 language is still here. God wants to grow fruit and, and the spirit of creation is right there. He wants to grow fruit in us. We, the thing about us growing fruit though, right, it doesn't ever stop. So where you are now is not your ending place in growing fruit. Um, and if you think you're running empty, then God's great in places like that too. He can just breathe life into you and grow a fruit. So let's read in... Gr- Galatians uh, 5.22 uh, goes on to contrast this deathly flesh thing that Paul is talking about with fruit and um, life. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control which is not an exhaustive list. It's, you know, we can add in extras, we can add in forgiveness and repentance and compassion. You know, we can add to this. But it's such a great example, just these fundamental things. And they are not an optional extra. It's not like you get up in the morning and you've got, right, I'm going to do my tick list of, I'm going to be really good today, like, really good. I'm going to do this, 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 and then I'm good with God. Well, that, that's kind of like a working, isn't it? Again, do you see? That's a law thing. So you're working to earn favour with God. But God, God wants to bring all these things that just pours out of us like rivers of living water. Um, and it's the Holy Spirit-empowered living. We just notice a change if we choose to walk by the Spirit. So we have to make that choice. We have to say, Holy Spirit, come and fill me. I choose to walk with you, in step with you. You're going to be my pacemaker. And then he provides the fruit. He just does it. And it's so delightful to see. He delights in cultivating us like a growing plant. And it's expressed express mainly relationally uh, with one another in a church context, but then outwardly. So let's look at this, this beautiful fruit. So the first one is love, isn't it? Well, that's the reason that comes first. It it comes first because it underpins everything else. Um, We read about it, if you prophesy, but you don't have love, you're like a banging clang or whatever it is. You know, it's just, it's empty. Love is is first with everything. It underpins it, all the other fruit, because it's this from this place that life begins. It captures who God is and the relationship he has with us. We love because we're loved. God sent his son because he loved us um, to die on the cross. What an amazing God we have. So that love pours out of us from a place of being loved. Um, it's sacrificial, so... Our, our love that pours out will be a sacrificial love, just as God sacrificed his son for us. Um, and the fruit of love is a direct result of being loved. Then we go into joy. Um, in the midst of all situations, this is a hope um, of what God has done for us. Now, I've, I've really struggled with this over the years. I'm going to be honest with you. Many of you know that I've, I've just, yeah, been crying out to God to fill me with more joy. Um, and 
I think this year um, has been an incredibly hard year for us as a family. Um, many of you will know that I've been caring for my dad. Um, he sadly passed away a few weeks ago. Um, we've had health problems. We've had school stuff. You know, this year has been like boom, boom, boom. And, and I've just been running on empty and not knowing where God is sometimes. Um, and then thinking, well, how can I even have a joy in this? How, do you, how can you even have a joy in this? It's impossible in the flesh. I can tell you that. But coming to God in a place of feeling completely spent and, and saying, Lord, I've got nothing. I've got literally, I've got nothing. Um, and then him showing me who he is through his Holy Spirit, helping me know that Genesis 1 language of he's, he can make, he can just control, the, create order to any chaos. You know, he is the giver of life and he wants to recreate in me. It can only be God that has brought me in those, those really intimate times of coming to him in prayer and, and saying, I've got nothing, and then I'm worshipping God. It's supernatural, but he, he loves to do it because he's our great father. There's this song, It Is Well With My Soul by Horatio Spafford. Um, he lived in the 1800s, had a really... Um, like amazing ministry, but you know he had he came across so much tragedy in his life. Um, he wrote this song after his um, daughters had gone on a ship across into the U- to the UK. They were going on holiday. Um, he had to stay back in the USA, and the ship went down, and his daughters died. And then he wrote this: "My sin, all oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but in." but the whole is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord on my soul. How do you do that? How do you praise God when, when this, that has happened to your family? There was also a massive fire, by the way, a few years before that, and loads of um, his buildings were wiped out, but he's praising God. The Holy Spirit of creation is the only one that can change us from the inside out and bring us to that place of joy because he shows us who God is. He shows us who God is and how much we can trust in him. And it brings forth worship when it doesn't feel natural to do so. It brings forth a worship that is of God and it is beautiful. And it brings us life when we're running empty. He can only write this song through the empowering the Holy Spirit absolutely phenomenal. Peace is the next one. Just looking at my time, I don't want to go over. Uh, To know peace with God, the Holy Spirit reveals this to us. Uh, God is the God of peace, a shalom peace, a wholeness, a well-being. So beautiful again. He empowers us to have peace with others, peace that surpasses understanding, and you notice peace. So when I became a Christian, I... um, well, I wasn't a Christian. I met Paul, my husband, was a Christian. And the main thing I noticed in him was this incredible peace that he carried. And I didn't know where that came from, but I knew I wanted it. So we can never underestimate the peace of God. Yeah. And when I was filled with the peace of God, it changed my life. Absolutely changed my life. Patience. Hanging in there with others. The verb is actually, instead of personal patience, it's actually in other preferring patience. So, yeah, I mean, I can definitely identify with this living in a family. Um, People having to have this patience with me, but me having to have this patience with the ones around me. Uh, Patience with uh, my dad, with someone that's losing their, their memory. Patience. Such a beautiful gift of the Holy Spirit. We can't underestimate it. 
It's, it's beautiful. And it's other preferring. It's mercy. It's everything that God does for us, yeah? Kindness towards others, from knowing God's kindness to us. Kindness in, in despite hostility, people being hostile towards us. God gives us this kind, kindness that we can love others despite how they're like throwing these arrows at us. You know, he just changes us. Um, choosing kindness. I've had friends that have, um, you know, they've given to others. They've prayed for others despite hostility towards themselves. That's really challenged me. But that's the spirit of creation. Goodness. More about, this is more about the quality of our character. So making time for people, listening, seeing the best in them. The goodness of thoughtful friends. I've been so blessed by so many of you this year. You've just blessed me, showing me the goodness of God in so many different ways. I'll be forever thankful. Faithfulness, trusting in God, devotion to God, which it expresses through all the other fruit. Gosh, time's going on. <laughs> uh, where we are? Self-control. No, did I do gentleness? No, I've not done gentleness. Again, it's other preferring. It's all relational. Like Christ. Just look at Jesus when it comes to gentleness. I love the way he speaks to women in the Bible, yeah? The woman that's been bleeding for years and years and he calls her daughter. That's incredible. Men did not say that to women like that in the Bible in that time. And he is just so beautifully gentle with people. With children, he comes and he, he says, bring the little children to me. So good. Are we being gentle towards each other? There's self-control. That's aimed, again, at the individual. It's a stance towards excess and ungodly living. So we need the Holy Spirit to empower us with this, to resist the devil and he will flee. We can't do this on our own. I've got stories about that. I'm not going to share it now because we're running out of time, but come and find me and I can tell you all about resisting the devil and he flees. He flees, I tell you. He cannot stand up to the word of God. Right, let's come in. Come into our land, as uh, Sam would say. Gospel message, yes. Jesus displays the fruit of the Spirit perfectly. So if you want to know more about it, read Jesus, read all about his life in the Gospels, and he is the perfect representation of the fruit of the Spirit. You're going to find it all in him. And it's only through the Son that we get to know the Holy Spirit. He says, it's better that I go because something better is coming. And that's for us today. It's not for just for the people he was talking to at that immediate time. It's now. It is now. And God's desire to keep on changing us into the likeness of Christ. You can read about this in Corinthians 3. So when we contemplate the glory, uh, the Lord, uh, contemplate the Lord, that's Jesus, his glory, that we are being changed, transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which all comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit, Spirit of creation, Spirit of recreation. And how wonderful. I can't think of anything I'd rather be than more like Jesus. He is absolutely gorgeous. He is wonderful. He is patient, kind. I could go on and on talking about how good he is. And I think, you know, if you're feeling like, oh gosh, I'm not like Jesus. Well, I'm not like Jesus. <laughs> and I need to grow in the fruit of the Spirit. We all do. Um, but we don't need to worry about making it happen. The Holy Spirit wants to help us become more like Jesus. It is his absolute delight because he knows it's good for us. So what have we, what have we um, found out 
about this wonderful God that, that we love, this Holy Spirit of creation. Well, he's trustworthy and good. He brings order in chaos. We've read about that in Genesis 1. He makes things good. He is forming us more into the likeness of Christ, which is better for us and those around us than any other thing the world can give us. Praise God. I'm sorry I've gone a little bit over. I hope you forgive me. But could I invite the band to come up? It would be so great to respond. If, um, yeah, Luke, if you don't mind playing just a little bit of gentle music. Um, oh, yeah, no, Tam, sorry. <laughs> Come on, fine. <laughs> Sorry, I nicked that. Oh, we, we cannot not respond to this. Let me encourage you. Let, should, can we all stand? Let's all stand. We cannot be passive in this when we have got the God of creation wanting to change us from the inside out. And do you remember me saying, like, plants, he's growing us, but you're not, you're not at full capacity. God has got more for you. Whether you're feeling really empty or whether you're thinking, yeah, I'm doing really good with this. It's so good. But he wants to bring more and more. So we're going we're gonna to respond in a few ways now as the band are going to lead us in some worship time. Um, life group leaders, I've also pinged out a message that could you be ready for, to pray for people? Um, we're going to invite people if they want to come to the front and, and have some prayer like we did last Sunday. We're just going to continue, continue this. So respond if you feel like you've got baggage. Yeah, like I said in Galatians, if you're feeling like you're running the race, but you've been hindered, God wants to, yeah, he wants to come and set you free from whatever's been hindering you. Something that's got in the way, you can bring it to God this morning and uh, you might need to repent. That's fine. Ask the Holy Spirit to strengthen you and fill you afresh. Again, like last week when Luke was preaching, we're going to just be making some time to be filled with the Holy Spirit and then keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, so we're gonna, we want to pray for you. Asking God to grow us in the fruit, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience. Asking Him to grow it, that it will overflow. And if, if you've got a fear of the Holy Spirit, uh, like I was talking about in my journey, I would love to pray for you to be f- just free from that, um, that you'd be able to trust God. Um, come to the front. And we're going, some of us are going to be around here. If you want to come down here and have some prayer, we'd love to pray for you. If not, find someone near you. Um, but respond in your heart. So I, I just really want you to respond because <laughs> he's here with us today and he wants to breathe life into us. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen to your goodness, your goodness and your grace and your mercy. Lord, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're with us, wanting to do a new thing that you want to breathe your breath of life into our nostrils again and again, that you're a healer, God, that you want to show us who your Holy Spirit is, this wonderful creator, God. Be with us, Lord.